This podcast is presented by the Canadian Wrestling Network. One nation, one network. Canuck proud. All right, guys, we're back. All Out was this weekend. You guys watched it, right? You had to have watched it. Everyone saw it. There's no way you couldn't have seen it. The return of CM Punk. There was openings that we saw fulfilled by special people. And we saw things that we didn't think were going to happen anytime soon. We all wanted it to happen. But who really knew when or if it was really going to go. But that's not the point here. The point here is we're talking about AEW All Out 2021. And just what happened. And today we've got four of us here to break it down and talk about what the hell happened last night. For those of you listening Tuesday, we're recording this on a Monday, so don't get too confused. All right, so we've got I'm back. Nick, Vince, and again, returning guest, we've got Scott here today. And uh, he's going he's gonna to break out of his shell a little more today, but uh, we'll get there when we get there. But uh, speaking of I'm back. Nick, you're back. You know what? How's it going? Um, I can't talk about what happened why i was gone on the podcast that may be a story for a very long time down the road but i'm in a i'm much better than when i was the last time from between that little bit of time but um i'm really glad to be back this was a it was a good choice to come back i will admit though and you're gonna kill me for this matt i didn't watch the pay-per-view live i watched it right after actually i watched it wasn't irresponsible. I had I had, I had family over. I had I had uh, <laughs> you know I had guests over. So I so it was like you know what you got to do. There's a like I, trust me like I would have loved to watch this show. I was just telling my girlfriend all about it. She's uh, away from me right now, but I was just telling her all about it. Um, but it was probably. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it was miles and miles better than last year's All Out. I mean, someone didn't almost die like last year, but. I can say it was probably one of the best AEW pay-per-views <laughs> I've ever seen. Are with like without question. No, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh Vince, quick little breakdown before we begin. I mean, yeah, um so I didn't watch it directly live either, but because I was I was with family <laughs> That's at the terrible. Time. I know, I know. It's like it's like we're on a wrestling podcast or something, and we're supposed to be talking about wrestling. But um I was with my family but the entire time I had my phone open and I was watching updates and I'm like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. I was able to catch half the show live, but uh, my God, to Nick's point that this was probably one of AEW's best events they've ever had because like it was just nonstop. Obviously they had their little hiccups here and there where it kind of slowed down a little bit, but overall it was, it was top tier, uh, top tier AEW. I only have... But sometimes you need those matches. You need those little slow bits. You need that slow draw, the slow burn. And uh, Nick, I'll, I'm going to let you, you go just in a second. Scott, quick thoughts before we get, begin? Oh, no. For me, I, was, I actually saw this live. I was texting Matt like the entire time. And that was the only time <laughs> I was on my phone. For the most part, when I'm watching a pay-per-view or watching anything, like half the time I'm on my phone kind of paying attention to someone th- like something else. But that may have been the first pay-per-view in a long time that other than just texting updates saying like, oh my God, did you see that? I was glued to the TV. I think that was probably one of the best pay-per-views I've seen, not even AEW-wise, just in general in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just from start, fair, start to finish, just well great. Said, well, well said. said. 
I there's only, I only have like literally one major gripe about this pay per view, and only one. And I it's bad to say because this is probably top to bottom the best pay per view I've watched, like of this year at least, maybe in the past couple of years. But we'll get to it when that specific point will come to it. And it's literally like the stupidest thing. And if you guys follow us on social media, okay. you guys would know what this complaint is. But I'm not gonna go into that yet. Hey, just yet. We'll okay. get there when we'll we get, get there. there. When we get but there. we got to start with something. <laughs> we got to start with the buy-in. Right. So uh, we went into this show knowing that one of the matches was canceled. It was postponed because of flight issues. They were hinting that it was going to be uh, there might be there might be a last-minute replacement, but that never happened. Uh, Pack and Pack and Andrade canceled, thrown out. So the Battle Royale, which is usually the match that would start a show. Um, end up getting moved to the main card, and we got this really, really good 10-man tag. So it was the Jurassic Express, uh, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy, and the best friends, Wheeler Yuta, Orange Cassidy, and uh, Chuck Taylor, Chucky e. T. I'm really missing Chuck Trent, e. man. I, this is just like, it's just maybe that's just me, but I'm missing it. And they took on, and they beat the Hardy family office with, and this is something I love, the return of the Butcher. What did you guys think of that, first of all? What did you think of the match? I thought the match was great. I thought it was fast-paced enough that it kept everyone involved. It kept the crowd kind of wheeling. Um, and, I mean, considering the lack of big men in this match, uh, I think even they, they, they kept that alive as well with uh, you know with Luchasaurus, right? Because usually that's a big playoff. you got the small guy and the big guy. But there's just so much happening here at the same time. Uh, it was almost too much. I, could... <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Um, Vince, what do you think? Your thoughts here? You guys know my opinion about Jurassic Express, right? You love them, like, right? Right? I, I, I want <laughs> to go... No, I do love them. I want to go a little bit more in depth about them, but it has to do... My opinion on them has to do with a match that happened later on in the night, which, to be honest, is probably the best match of, of the night, which we will discuss a little later. Um, they are future champions in my book, and uh, with, with the Butcher coming back... Um, I felt like I should have been a little bit more excited. I don't know. Was it? Did anyone else feel a little bit more underwhelmed? I think it was the Scott? way. I think it was the way that they kind of like introduced mm. him, right? Yeah. Like afterwards, they kind of just beat them down a little bit, and then all of a sudden he was there, and then Jurassic Express wasn't. So it took them a little while to come back into the ring when it should have been a lot quicker. Yeah. It just seemed a little weird in that aspect, but it's almost like they didn't do it the way that we typically would see where. Oh, the the bell rings. You get a quick little, you know, hey, hurrah, we won, and then immediately someone's running down the ramp. And I just, yeah, we didn't we didn't get exactly that. And I think that's kind of where it, it almost missed the ball well, just a touch. Yeah, I mean, it it, it was nice. It was a great way to start off the the, the night. To be honest, like uh, nothing to uh, underplay what happened. It's just I, I don't know. I felt that was a little over uh, underwhelmed with this one. See, I like. I no, liked I it because, sure. well, something that kind of counters to all the, your points about Jurassic Express and Butcher, something that really stood out to me was how much improvement Private Party has had, actually. So, th- for some reason, I kind of, I it, I had a lot of, like, almost, I it almost reminded me of uh, Double or Nothing last year. Uh, they were in the buy-in. It was a tag title eliminator match between themselves and best friends. That match was absolutely piss poor. It was awful. There was a lot of... 
a lot of rustiness on their end and that just that just comes from experience i get that that comes from greenness not being on t not being you know not knowing how to wrestle on the tv style and i don't know like it, it was one of those things where like i get to see them like these guys have actually gotten a lot better with time they're not like you know oh crazy spot crazy spot crazy spot they're picking their spots a lot better and they're a lot more well-timed about it are they still sloppy here and there yes but they have improved a lot and that's something I, I kind of want to take note of and they, they are they are a team that will be a lot more noticed going down the line when they break apart from you know Matt Hardy I feel like they'll kind of start breaking out on their own they're more naturally attuned I feel to be faces than heels but um I don't know that's just me I think okay. it, I think it's because they're so how can I put this like politely they're so stupid in the way they do it like when you have Isaiah Cassidy get like thrown off the top he's screaming <laughs> off the top of his lungs super high pitch like it's small things like that that are really entertaining and i think that's why but i definitely agree with you nick like the fact that they they're getting better you can still see that they move a little too fast mm. sometimes so they kind of set up their spots a little early but for the most part they've improved tremendously since at least last year mm. and even the year before that and they're definitely getting more polished and i kind of liked i think it was midway through the match just in general they did very like a pwg type spot where they're all like headlock and then like an ankle lock and then another headlock and they all kind of just together before luchasaurus <laughs> knocked them all down i, I love that kind of little nod to that because i feel like I th- that was like a i think a that Chuck was Taylor a t- spot. i think that was actually um right. a note to the i don't know if you've ever seen this scott the a couple this was like i think five years ago there was a spot in a pwg it was the battle of los angeles and this is when they were at their old Reseda location at the armory and it was jushin thunder liger tomaso champa pita and they're all like the thumbs oh, up the, thumbs uh, up the thumb, butt the, the, the thumb spot like, no, oh, <laughs> yeah the thumb knocked, on the butt spot today's actually funny at the five-year anniversary of that and i was just like oh no way like like tomaso champa tweeted about it. i'm like small freaking world like i never would have like even clued that in but like Oh, the YouTube era, man. The YouTube era. It's crazy. You know, from... It's amazing who went from PWG to, uh, you know, the Chikara guys to now AEW, WWE alike. I mean, it's just nuts. Oh, a lot lot of them, too. Like, some of of my favorite matches are, like, PWG with guys that are now in the same company together. With one of the guys who just Mm -hmm. debuted yesterday and Kenny Omega. No, no, someone who was murdered in PWG and brought back, which we'll get to to later. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, but over, overall, I think it was a stellar match. Uh, I don't want to sit on it too, too long because yes. we have a lot of breakdown here and not a lot of time to do it. Um, but next, main card kickoff. They get the ball rolling strong. I thought this was a really big match to kind of begin the night with. I didn't think it was going to be this far up the card. I thought we probably would have started off with that battle royale, to be honest, similar to like how the kickoff would typically go. But Miro versus Eddie Kingston for the TNT Championship. I... How do we feel this appropriate for opening the show? Did you guys I, like the match? I loved the match. I thought it was a it was a good back and forth, um, a lot of big shots, and you know Eddie stuck to his word. And he, well, that's he what went I want, I want to bring up. That he the the psychology of the match was really sound. I mean, he's they kind of brought it up throughout the weeks in the promos. Your chick, the chink in your armor is your neck. So he worked the neck, and if you guys have noticed, this is the first time Miro had to win by pinfall. He couldn't beat him with uh, that, that modified camel clutch he has, the game over. He had to beat him by kicking. He, had, he couldn't beat him just through brute strength alone. And that's an important factor to consider because at one point down the line, it's going to be someone who's able to kind of even the odds of them phys- physicality-wise 
Who? We don't know. I think the like the only person I could really imagine would probably be someone like Jake Hager, maybe Wardlow if he breaks out on his own. That could be an interesting way to go about it. But we're really seeing like the best way to beat Miro is you have to you have to work on the, on those those parts to him. But like mm-hmm. I said, the psychology of this match was really sound. You got a veteran like Eddie Kingston. The guy's been in the business for all. Oh, I want to say 20 years, give or take. He's been around it for quite a while. And he and take, Miro yeah. knows how to go. So it it worked. This The match worked. And it was fantastic because it was a big man match. I don't think it should have been the one opening the show, though. I think CM Punk should have opened the show, personally. Mm. That's a that's a strong, uh, strong opinion there. All right. Uh, off to Scott. Um, I loved it so much like the fact that the first thing that happens is Eddie Kingston coming out and the pop like in that place like it shows how over he is and I think I love the fact that I think this is like what Nick was saying the first time that Eddie Kingston really or like somebody showed that Miro's mm-hmm. beatable it showed him not to be that dominant force where it's like okay who's actually going to beat him now we don't know and literally if it wasn't for uh, Bryce Remsburg getting distracted throwing yeah. the turnbuckle pad oh off God. and even the fact that Miro had to kick him in the nuts which is kind of funny based off the really yeah. nuts shirt that he was wearing <laughs> seems like he essentially did that to eddie kingston but that was the thing like i feel like i was trying to think about who could beat miro in the future and i think it's going to be eddie kingston i think he'll somehow be able to get under miro's skin figure out how he can get a rematch whether it's really soon in the sense that it's going to be at the arthur ash stadium or it's going to be mm-hmm. down the road I feel like I can see him taking the title from him because of one, just how over he is, and two, how great the performance is. This is true. This is very yeah. true. Vince, your thoughts? Yeah, and honestly, to to Scott's point, too, I was I was thinking the same thing. Remember how I, I said last week with regards to predictions? I thought that Eddie Kingston was going to win this one. Um, this, like to to the popular to the unpopular opinion, I really thought he was going to win this, but. I'm not upset on how this match turned out. It was really well performed. Uh, if anything, it's making me more and more proud of Miro from where he came, from where he is mm-hmm. now, and seeing how much he can shine and really seeing the, the kind of wrestler he is. He's not just like a box of a character. And yeah, to Scott's point, um, I think down the line, Eddie Kingston will take that title. I think this is just, it, the, it doesn't end here, to my, it, like my point. I, it does not end here. Um, those guys have a lot of a lot more work to do with each other, and uh, I was very very satisfied with this match. Okay, solid, solid. Uh, as and as far as it goes for, um, yeah, for what you guys were saying with uh, Eddie and uh, Rusev, uh, formerly known Rusev. Sorry, <laughs> easy Jr. Uh, Miro. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna get back to that, and uh, that that's kind of my quick nod to how the rest <laughs> of the night went, but. Uh, you know ruby riot uh ooh, <laughs> i have sorry. a cool there's a cool uh, story about that we'll get it there we'll, we'll get there we'll get there it, it's coming it's coming back anyway uh all together i thought it was a fantastic match i i do agree with you guys um maybe to a point i don't think it was the match to open the show i think they probably should have started something off with a little less of a bang but nonetheless enjoyable and they did really well kingston really performed uh honestly to a point outperformed miro um in, in my opinion uh, he really held it all together. Really kept it all going. Speaking of keeping it going, John Moxley versus Satoshi. So one thing Kojima. about this match, I won't lie to you guys. 
I won't lie to you guys, and I'm putting it out there now before Nick begins, and you're going to handle this one probably between Scott, because I think between the two of you, you know above and beyond what I do about this. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about the guy. Had to do some Googling the night before. Still didn't learn as much as I wanted to know. So, Nick, go as for far it. as we understand, this was not a match that was intentionally planned. It was sort of a last-minute throw-together. This was because the original match planned was supposed to be uh, John Moxley versus the ace of the universe, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Unfortunately, uh, Hiroshi was doing a title defense for the U.S. title in the MetLife Dome in Japan for the Wrestle Grand Slam shows that were happening, the two-night events. They're kind of like it's almost like their version of SummerSlam, essentially. And there would have been no way for him to do the match, fly over here to Chicago in time, and fly back. Luckily, Satoshi Kojima has been working out here in the United States for uh, the New Japan Pro Wrestling U.S. expansion that's been going on for the past few years with the L.A. Dojo, NJPW Strong. Um, they've been doing a lot more like shows like Resurgence, for example, which was a great show all in all. Um, <clears throat> this was... <sighs> I don't know. Like I again, like you could kind of see that it was it wasn't. This was not what it was meant to be. Like if it was the Ace and John Moxley, I would have been a lot more excited going into this match. Like this is kind of the match I cared quite literally the least about on the entirety of the card. As bad as it is to say, because I really love, I really love NJPW. I I know Sajoshi Kojima. He's a bit of an older guy. Um, but that's who Mox has been working with the past couple of months. I mean, he was working with. Uh, Yuji Nagata, who's like in his 50s now. I think he's almost as old as my mother. Um, working with Kojima, who's like 50 years old now. <laughs> Just, I don't know. It's like, why why work with older guys? Work with, the, work with the young guns. Work with the younger talent. So, Scott, what do you think? Uh, I thought the same thing, too. To the extent of like, okay, like satoshi kojima like it's awesome good for him in the sense that he's like getting that exposure to the uh like to the north american style especially with aew but it's the same thing a lot of people really don't know much about him like they know especially from what i guess the commentary team was saying that he has that devastating lariat because he was trained mm-hmm. under stan hansen when he was there in japan so they they tease that a lot he, like any time that he hit him with a lariat it was with his left arm not his right and that kind of set up into a lot of the finish with that with john moxley ending like ending up with the paradigm shift twice being able to well, like reverse that and I liked the storytelling, but I wish it was somebody well, else. <laughs> to your this point, is I where I want to go into that ending, though. Minoru Suzuki made his AEW Dynamite debut. Now, Vince is looking at me like, who is this guy? You're probably watching the show like, who is this guy that everyone's singing his music? Vince, this is like, he's the inventor of, mo- he, if you ever like do some research, he's legitimately like one of the founders of modern day MMA. He he founded really? so he co-founded a major MMA promotion called Pancrase back in the nineties. And that eventually inspired the guys who invented UFC to form UFC. So he's a legitimate oh. shoot fighter. Was he involved with Pride? At I think all? he did. I might I think he fought with Pride. I'm not I can't I'm not sure about that. Um, we could have someone Google it. We don't have a we don't have our own Jamie. This isn't the Joe Rogan podcast, but uh he's a legitimate shoot fighter, like when people say, like, you don't want to be in the ring with Minoru Suzuki, like, there's a reason why. He's, like, he is the godfather of strong style. Like, people talk about how, like... Oh, yeah. And see, that's the... Yeah, and see, that's the thing is, even from someone like myself who, like, I don't actively watch New Japan, and I do and I don't, I try to get more involved in it than I want to be, but even from that standpoint, I still knew who this guy was, and I was, you know, kind of foaming at the mouth, like, holy crap. 
we're we're gonna oh, we're, yeah. someone's gonna die out the here. The fact that we're getting so, <laughs> it only like two days from now on Dynamite is gonna be an absolute barn burner. I'm really excited for that match. It should have been lights out, but like that would have taken away from how good this match will be. But what do you what what do the rest of you guys think? What do you guys what did you guys think of the Kojima Moxley match? I mean, I'm not going to even pretend to know who this guy was because, like, <laughs> it was like, you know, when you go to a party and there's that random dude that walks in, but everyone knows who he is. And you're like, oh, my God, yeah, I remember that time. And you're like, oh, yeah, like, I wasn't there. Like, but that, that sounds fun. <laughs> it's like that. Like, I don't I, I didn't know who this was, but, like, everyone was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, now, if I look on the opposite side of it with Moxley, is it just me or is it every match lately going on or any kind of rival rivalry going on with Moxley right now? It's kind of been more or less the same. Yeah. Like, I haven't been, like... It, it feels like every time he has, like, a minor rivalry with someone or he's, like, setting up a match, it's kind of more or less the same energy going into it and the same kind of build-up to the match. And it's like... I feel like he's got to do something. Regardless, he's still a phenomenal wrestler, and he puts his body out there like that. He, he puts himself on the line. But I feel like he's got to like kind of switch something up. I don't know if it's the, the way he's communicating or the people he's fighting. I feel like like you have to bounce certain certain energies off of certain people. Like you when you when you're setting up a promotion or you're setting up a match, you really need two people to go at it to set up that match. But I feel like he hasn't really found that kind of equation just yet he's just there doing what he always does and i don't know i'm slowly i'm gonna get reamed for this but i'm slowly losing a little bit of a appeal for moxley i can see hey and you know to, to that point it's to be expected i mean there's only so many ways you can work a character there's only so many ways you can go about doing things i still think he's doing things right to a point and they're still building his character properly in as far as like really getting him going and staying with the brand and being that sort of bridge to New Japan and having that forbidden door kind of, you know, held open by him in a sense and keeping it, you know, well traveled. Between him, Lance Archer and a couple of the other guys, they're the ones really kind of driving this one home as far as I'm concerned anyway. Uh but overall I, I kinda get what you mean. If you're unaware of the product over there and you're unaware of the people, it it can be a miss. Um, but I think I think the the match still delivered to what it was. It could have been more, as you guys said. It could have been someone else. We could have had a little more going on. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think it still held up. It just wasn't as good yeah. as it could have been. And I think that's where you guys are kind of stuck on. And you're just you really wanted that one moment and. I'll talk about that a little later because there was one moment that I really wanted that I didn't get either. And uh, I think Scott has an idea of what that is. But uh, we can move forward to another one that I thought was really well delivered and had a lot of big points and a lot of big spots that I didn't think they were going to pull out for this one. And that's Britt Baker, DMD, versus the alien, Chris Statlander, with Orange Cassidy on standby. And, uh, you know, Rebel, not Reba, with uh, Britt, of course. Hater. Don't forget about uh, How did you guys Hater. feel about this one? Jamie Hayter was around. You're not wrong. We also call her <laughs> I'll just make a, a quick point about this. Go for it. The blonde Becky Lynch me. Um, I'll just make one quick point about this because uh, I really don't have that much to say. But I think what, from what we discussed last week, I don't think we really thought much going into this match. I think from what we discussed last time, we really thought that this was going to just be kind of like, well, at least in my opinion, I think I thought it was just going to be more or less like a little wash, but it was pretty entertaining. 
don't know. I, I I did actually enjoy it. No, it was it was it was a good match. Like when you have Britt Baker and you have Chris Statlander together, they're both phenomenal athletes. You know you're going to expect something good. But I think the fact that Statlander's already so relatively polished at such a young age too, I think that brought the best out of Britt Baker too. Yeah, so that I agree. put out a really good match. And I think kind of what we were talking about last week too. I know Matt said he really wanted to see uh Britt Baker win by like pinfall to kind of solidify the fact that she's dominant and like despite the fact that she won with the lockjaw she actually won clean there was no outside interference whatsoever you had Orange Cassidy to actually lock that down and show yeah. a little bit of emotion by yelling at Stalander to get back into the ring which is very uncharacteristic of his persona whatsoever but I thought it was cool I yeah because even to that point not to cut you off there but uh even I was speaking about that with you last night and I thought that was just such like it was just so well delivered on Orange Cassidy's part, not to take away from the women's match, but I think they really needed that because then it really drove home the importance that they're putting this on Chris Statlander and like, look, you got to get it going, girl. Like, you got to go. And I think that that really helped kind of put the oomph in the match and kind of like put it into Statlander's head and make it seem like that more of a big deal because look how amped up someone who doesn't say a word just got a second <laughs> so ago one over thing, this match. Not to cut you off, Matt, <laughs> the one thing that kind of stood out for me storyline-wise was why they – I don't understand why they couldn't – they could have booked this as this is a match that was literally 18 months in the making. This is a match that we were supposed to get over a year ago and we never got because of, you know, unfortunate circumstances. Britt Baker broke her leg. Statlander tore, I think, her MCL or her ACL. So both of them were unable to end up meeting. And, and now we have that match and we got it in front of fans. So this they could have played that up being like... Oh, yeah. And I mean, even to that point, even to that point, Britt's not even fully healed. Right? I mean, she was the still bro- going in with like, a little that's, wrist That's guard. another thing. And you know Statlander still has; uh, she's still participating in the matches with the uh, with the knee brace. So we got to keep so all this in I, mind. I too. do know, medically speaking, if you have that kind of bracing, you've torn that ligament. That means you never actually got the surgery to repair the ligament properly. So because that surgery itself has like an inherent risk to it, almost like you you won't be able to do it. You won't be able to do certain things at that kind of level again. So. It would probably would have said if we if we do the surgery, we're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to wrestle again. So she probably said, "I'll rehab the injury as much as I can and wear the brace for future." I'm assuming, but like I said, it one of the big things was like, why the hell didn't they do the the this whole thing? It's like this is like a match we never got to see. Let's yeah. bring it forward. Let's let's say this is a match over a year in the making. People would want to see that. I wish I was here on the prediction show to say oh, yeah. that and like that. That like, I'm speaking. I this is two weeks <laughs> of stuff that's been sitting in my belly. I, I just want to let it out. Hey, and you know what? It's perfect. No, no, it's perfect. And they very well could have because that's something that AEW has always been known for, and that's long-term booking, long-term storytelling. And you you see that all all the way through the line through the rivalries and and the show and what it brings forward. And we're gonna see that into another big yes. one in our next conversation. Um, but all in all, I mean, I, I had no bad takeaway from, from the match. I'll be perfectly honest. Like there was very little from the Britt Baker, Chris Statlander match that I didn't like even hitting the, um, uh, you know, the Panama Britsburg you know, the, the, or the Pittsburgh sunrise. It's the Pittsburgh sunrise. Yeah. You can't be bashing. There we go. But, uh, you can't yeah, be even bashing see, me and Vince. No, no, you can't seeing, be bashing not me bashing and Vince it. for not watching the show live. And then you're, but, you're butchering moves. That's, that's a, that's hypocrisy. <laughs> 
Hey, hey, no, 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 no. I was watching it live. I was oh, so you enthralled, were enthralled by the action. You messed up name. Oh, the okay, name. okay, okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's called watching the action. You don't have to listen to watch, buddy. All right, take take a step back from this all, though. Uh, big match. We saw the DMD go over. We all figured that was going to happen at the end of the day because she's really just kind of begun this title reign, and I don't think any of us realistically saw no, it ending. No, it's thus too far. early. Uh, now, yes, we're gonna move ahead because we're on we're on a a timeline here, Nicholas. We got to keep it going. (laughs) And and with that in mind, with a match that seemingly had no timeline and no you know way of really ending without someone dying halfway through the match, it seemed we had the steel cage match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, the Young Bucks, Lucha Brothers. Insane. In, I was edging my seat the entire time. I was losing it from start to finish. Um, yeah, this is easily, without a doubt, match of the Ooh, year. I don't candidate. know about like, that. I it's easily the, re, regardless regardless of tag team efforts, regardless of singles, uh, men's matches, women's matches. This is I don't easily know because I really I still really like Britt Baker and Thunder Rose's lights out match. But I will say this. You guys were like, if, for anyone here who's listening who was shocked by the violence and was like, oh my god, that spot with the uh, the shoe and the tax, you guys have either never watched Lucha Underground or you've never watched the PWG show or you've never read the Young Bucks autobiography. They literally have a chapter titled Thumbtack Shoe. So just to kind of get that context out there, this is like, this is the only thing, This the, the violence in this match did not surprise me at all. Especially knowing like what we've seen in the past with these two teams, like if we know anything, this is those oh, yeah. two teams are the nucleus of the tag team division in all elite wrestling. They are they are the big they were the first major feud, really. They they're the they're the team that really can never out one can well actually that I I I don't I can't really say that because the uh, the Lucha Brothers have more often than not kind of kicked the Young oh. Bucks asses, but um, yeah. It's currently yeah, as six a, and yeah, three. Yeah, so now six and three. You're six right. Six and three. Um, it's it's bewildering. Like the match was absolutely incredible. It was just so good. Like I, my I was like glued to my screen, just like watching it. Like my mouth was like oh, like drooling. It was just like I was shocked. It was that good, Scott. Like you, you probably have something more you got to add on this match. You you got something to say. Well, kind of like what you were saying with the whole like thumbtack thing. Like I know in PWG they did that to Candice LeRae. I know even just the fact that like losing a shoe, right? I'm pretty sure when they won the titles off of FTR, I think Matt Jackson lost a shoe, same <laughs> shoe, same side. So it's just kind of funny oh, as like a little nod, even though I don't even know if that was at all, at all like even remotely like a thought in their mind. But it was nice. I like the fact that they had to somewhat cheat to kind of win because of the fact that the the lucha bros have like they've mm-hmm. had their number right but the fact that like you have the heel tactics of the shoe tearing at the mask the fact that um ray fenix just jumped off the top of the cage with ease yeah. right onto them oh. the avalanche oh, yeah. canadian destroyer oh. like just there's so many different things where i'm like this is taking years off my life and i'm yeah. just watching this so i can't even oh, yeah. imagine the guys in the ring <laughs> And, I and just, it's, all, it's just all the subtle nods to, to everything. Yeah, even I think I went back and like I realized the match was like twenty some odd minutes, but it felt like forever. Like I just like, it, but it didn't. 
it didn't it didn't at the same time like i couldn't stop watching and it felt so quick yeah at the same time it felt so long depending on like are these guys gonna live like what's gonna happen with this and then as soon as and like it's, and I, I figured the lucha bros were win. i think it was tough we were trying to figure out last week to see who mm-hmm. would actually win in I, I think most of us thought if they don't then who's gonna yeah. be able to beat them but now at this point with lucha bros winning and becoming the AEW tag team champions like I think I texted you this, uh, Matt, yesterday. I'm like, now I don't see anyone who could beat them. Like, we were talking about how good the Young Bucks were and, like, how much on a different level they are, and now I can't see anybody beating Lucha Bros based on how good they are. It is. It's a tough call. It it really is. You know what else I was noticing? This is, like, maybe just, like, a small tidbit. I think their their entrance was an actual uh, tribute to – I don't know if, like, you guys probably – you guys have seen this. I don't even know why I asked. Like, have you seen it? Uh, Ray Mysterio's WrestleMania 22 entrance when he did like he had like the eagle mask and everything and they had the live band I'm like I looked at it I'm like yeah. that's Ray Mysterio's entrance from yeah. like 15 years ago that was like I was marking out I'm like that is freaking so cool I I'm sure uh, I'm sure Vince would probably remember that one, but I know even uh, Scott had actually brought it up. He's like, didn't this? Uh, didn't Ray Mysterio do something like this? At <laughs> Man, WrestleMania I told you he's got to be in something? our group chat. He, yeah. he yeah. has to because then like we can be like, oh, like, what the hell? Like that's true. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah, he he brought it right up, and I was think I was sitting there thinking, and I'm like, no, I'm like, you're you're right. I have seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also I also was telling Matt too yesterday that like this is one of the few instances, at least in my opinion, that a live band or a live singer or something, and, and it sounded yeah. good. I know sometimes it's hit or miss based off of like distortion levels, whether it's like music or anything. But I felt like them singing, I actually understood the lyrics to their song <laughs> more than when they usually mm-hmm. come out. <laughs> Oh yeah, and yeah. Um, we can talk about uh, distorted. Oh uh, yeah, in, in, in a matter yeah, of like just, just probably a little bit. minutes. Vince, do you have any? <laughs> in, a, in, two yeah. or th- in two or three Vince, matches, do you have anything you want to add on this uh, on the match? Nothing, something. Got to be something. I, I think it's hard to actually get Vince to. Talk I think he's about in too much one. shock. Might be uh, kind of ca- caught your tongue. I, I was in shock. I'm in th- shock thinking about. It. I dreamt about it all out last night. Yeah, no, this this match was like a sensory overload. It was just like, like Cirque du Soleil level equivalent to wrestling. It was just like I I my jaw was just dropped the entire match, um, and, and it was for me the match of the night. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Um, how I said earlier about my opinion regarding the Jurassic Express. Prior to watching this match, in my head, I was just going with, okay, Bucks are going to win, and then we'll, we'll see maybe a shot with the Jurassic Express going for the titles in the future. Uh, yeah, no, that, that opinion is out the window. Um, with the Lucha Bros taking it, um, I, I would love to see the Jurassic Express go against them, but it's like, you know, probably not. After a match like that, yeah. like I, I, I and think, no disrespect uh, to Jurassic Express, I love them, but like my God, that was top tier tag team wrestling. I think you're getting on the same wavelength as uh, what Scott was actually going on was uh, sort of the you know after that kind of match, who can really bring themselves up See, to that now level? I wanna, yeah, I want to. Yeah. It's going to be tough. It's tough. I need it's to ask be you tough. now. How do you outdo? Well, that that's match? what I was going to ask you. Like, what do you think was the better of the match? Their ladder match. Or this cage match? What do you think was the better of the two? I thought this Probably was better. This one, yeah. I, 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 I was there live for the ladder match, and I, I think this All was right. better. Yeah, I would think this one's better, the, too. The, the jury yeah, has spoken. Okay. All right. Moving on. This is something that was really exciting. The Women's Casino Battle Royale. The winner would receive a, a 
women's world title shot down the line. Technically, it's not a women's world title. It hasn't been defended across international borders, but neither here nor there. So we got to see the debut of the woman formerly known as Heidi Lovelace and Ruby Riot. And coming out to Rancid's own newly named Ruby Soho. So I'm going to give you guys the story of this name just before we even jump into the match. So, but after she got released, she did an interview on, uh, I think, the guitarist of Rancid's podcast. And she said she loved the Ruby Riot name. She said that was one of the favorite, favorite parts of her character in WWE. Unfortunately, she didn't own the name anymore because she got sacked. However, she didn't want to go back to Heidi Lovelace because she hated the name. That was not her name she chose. She kind of had to roll with it because it was like, this is the name I have and that's just what's going to be. So she want, so the podcast host, uh, I wish I knew his, I wish I knew this guy's name. He said, you should go by Ruby Soho. He's like, she's like, I would, I'd love to, but I don't, I'd have to get the rights and I don't think I can get the right. He's like, I, I'm a part of the band. I'm going to get you the rights. Like, you don't even worry about it. And then a short time while later, Ruby Soho coming out to Ruby Soho by Rancid, which is like like the coolest thing. Like, I, I'm, I am so... This is just nutty. You have no fucking idea how happy I am for this girl. Like, the amount of... Sh- Oh yeah, no, it, it's it's brilliant. I, I, have like, you guys seen the, the media scrum after the after the show? I, I did touch on it a little bit, but I'll be completely honest, and I wasn't able to watch it entirely. But uh, okay. I did see so some highlights she from came, it. So Tony brought her out, and they did. A, they asked her a couple of questions, and she was in tears, saying, "This is the dream workplace. I have never been told at a workplace I want you to be you, and I think that is." Like, to see someone so happy about that, to see so much love coming from all over wrestling Twitter to support this girl after a pretty sad week in women's wrestling, given, given uh, I don't know if you guys know Daphne, her her passing, she, fortunately by suicide, uh, it was, it, it's just, it's a nice glimmer of hope um, for someone in, with a similar kind of look and aesthetic, and just to see them get over it, it makes me really happy to see that someone from WWE who jumped shit, who who was let go, jump made the successful jump over, and is gonna do some, I think, incredibly amazing things in AEW. She's gonna be an asset. Oh yeah, and um, and even touching on the the whole of the winner uh, of the women's battle royale. I mean, how close were were we when when we talked about our speculations? I mean, think about it, uh, Vince Scott. Uh, not to you know, not include you, Nick, but uh, for those of here, us who were there last week, uh, between Jay Cargill having that strong showing, Hikaru Shida unfortunately opening, and that kind of told me right away this she was not winning. But having that strong, strong presence of uh, Thunder Rosa in the match, uh, how did how did you guys feel about? We know it was amazing to see uh, Ruby Soho uh, in the match and actually come out the winner of it all. But how did you guys feel with that sort of? Uh, the the rest of the like the women how they worked. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but even seeing uh you know Swole come out, I I was pretty floored with that. Even I, I was pumped. <laughs> I, I think they did a good job overall with like kind of determining who is good, like what who's at that level. So I think, I mean, at least in my opinion, the rationale behind Ruby Soho winning was so you give Britt the title a little bit, little bit longer, and then in my opinion, to the eventual Thunder Rosa match down the road. But it also propels Ruby Soho to that level immediately. 
like even before she came out before it was even announced that she was going to be in it you had the crowd chanting her name like crazy so it already goes to show just how over she was and how excited they were to go see her but like showing is like Nala Rose being able to eliminate I think what four or five however many, however many like women from that match just solidifies her dominance uh, it sets up Jade Cargill and Jade Cargill and uh, Nala Rose maybe down the road because she got eliminated by her. Ty Conti being like one of the last few ones in the match too, which keeps her like at that level too. So I think they did a good job with everyone involved and keeping them look strong. At the same time as being able to set up a future match, and then who knows, maybe a future match between Ruby Soho and Thunder Rosa. Down one the road thing I want to add though is that you did mention a future match. I think a match they need to set up now is um, Riho and Jamie Hader. I don't know if you guys knew there was a bit of a controversy going on about that. So Jamie Hayter threw her under the ring, and Justin Roberts said, "Yeah, she's eliminated." And they're like, "But she threw out, got thrown yeah. under." Tony Khan won't like if we know enough about AEW as much as we do now, they would kind of fix the mistakes that were kind of set up and rectify them in a in a good in a in a way that's almost like okay, we can fix it, we can move forward. I think that's what they're gonna go about it with this. They're gonna do. Um, excuse me, they're going to do, they'll have a match. Jamie Hayter, again, relatively newly signed to the roster, even though she's been on AEW before. And to have another a match with Rio, everyone loves Rio. She's a crowd favorite. I think seeing that would be a great, like it would be a great establisher for how dominant Jamie Hayter is going to be in the AEW women's division. Um, but yeah, like like I said, this will set up a lot of future storylines. I, I like that they're continuing the Penelope Ford and Ali and uh, Ty Conti, Anna Jay. Like I was so happy when Anna Jay came back. Oh my god, I was I was marking out. I'm like, yes, she's back. Oh, it's like I was so happy. Like I I love when wrestlers get to come back from injury because it's like it, they're forced to take off this time, and then like you just you just love to see it come back. Like I don't know, that's just me. Overall, it was just very entertaining, and I think with the talent in the women's uh, division right now, it's it's amazing. Uh, Jade, I think she had like three or four eliminations, because I know Nyla took the most. Uh, she took the most uh, eliminations, um, and that the, yeah, that is definitely a, a match I would like to see down the road. And then the, um, like Thunder Rosa coming out just explosively, mm-hmm. and then the crowd going absolutely nuts, and then that that interaction with her and Nyla Rose was pretty sick. Um, I was so so happy as a fan to see ruby come out and i think this is just what she deserved um what i've always loved about aew as compared to the other promotions is that they're really doing what they can to make the wrestlers have control of who they are and what they do obviously to a certain extent but it just goes to show you this company and what they provide for actual talent and talent that like should be represented properly um Overall, I would give if I had to rate this this entire match, it would be like a solid eight out of ten for me. It was very entertaining, and uh, the only other thing I could say, which is kind of like to come out of, uh, no, that's not really random to say. I've always really spoke highly of her, uh, Tay Conti. I think she is a future champion. Um, I think they they really have been um, ramping her up lately. I thought something would happen sooner for her, but I think it's probably going to be a little further down the road. Down the line, I think she will be a future champion. I don't think she's ready yet. There's still like a little bit of cracks yeah. in the armor, so to speak. So, no, yeah, yeah I know, but no. I feel like they've really been like doing, like they've been really kind of hyping her up lately. I don't know if it's, if it's really because like Anna Jay was gone for a while and they really wanted because those two were kind of going off a little bit. 
but uh, well, like not against each other, but like like kind of like hyping up a little bit more. But um, yeah, I, she is a future champion as of now. Maybe not, but like she's definitely on the right path. Agreed. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I think uh, it's pretty evident to see that uh, she's ha- shown a lot of growth in the company. But uh, speaking of growth in the company, oh we're yeah, gonna move on to the next match. The terrible live entrance. Yeah. Gro- the- terrible live entrance music. A really big bust that kind of you know it, it it hurt it hurt my soul a little bit to not see Jericho come out to what could have been and it was just MJF kind of pulling our leg on it as uh, as one does. But yeah, Chris Jericho versus MJF in his "If Jericho loses, he will never wrestle again" in an AEW ring. Uh, all in all, I'll, I'll kind of throw my two cents out there. Uh, all the entrance uh, kind of BS aside, I thought it was an okay match. My my only only gripe with it, only real gripe, was the ending. That uh, and not so much for the outcome as to who won, but just that that false build and then you know and just exactly how it went if you've got if you guys watched the match which you should have by this point um yeah you you'd understand well like i it, it had a very uh, montreal screwjob-esque vibe oh. to it and i think that's what kind of that was kind of what was rubbing me the wrong I, way a see, little that bit about i think it. was a, that might have been a legitimate error on aubrey edwards's part i think that was a shoot moment but that could have been maybe that was part of the story i don't know See, this is this is the thing. I'm I, thinking it was a shoot. Well, I'm you, thinking it was a it shoot. It could have been. I I really think it was. But but made this <laughs> I think Scott's uh Scott's not sure about this one. No, I I think I think what they did was all planned. <laughs> I think it was to gain sympathy for like Jericho. It's like, okay, in front of all of these fans, there he is. His career is done at least in terms of AEW. And literally if it wasn't for the fact that Wardlow and Hager came out to brawl, there wouldn't have even been any other refs there. Mm. So it seemed like there was too many things that were set up at that point that were too perfect of like, a, oh, where she was looking, where she was placed. The fact that there was another, another ref out. I'm like, I think it was planned purposely just to gain the sympathy and then for him to eventually beat MJF and have the crowd, like, the crowd mm-hmm. go crazy. Well, this, well, this is the opinion. thing that, I, that kind of that stood out to me. This is now the first time MJF has lost clean in a match. If we actually really, really think deep and think, go back a couple of years now, this is the first time he's lost clean in a singles match. If you go back to All Out last year, he was in the main event. He lost, but through quote-unquote nefarious means because the whole stipulation with John Moxley couldn't use the paradigm shift or he'd immediately lose and title goes to MJF. So, did it behind the refs back, whatever. This was, he beat, like Jericho beat him clean. No cheating, no nothing. He beat him on his own accord. And... This is going to be a game changer going forward because now we can say MGF, I think I feel is the most protected wrestler in that whole company right now. Because think about it, the guy signed to a full-time deal wrestles I've I've only seen this guy wrestle I want to say maybe 5 to 10 times in this calendar year, right? How many th- Yeah. Yeah. But then you got to think to that point too. When we look at future pillars of the company, they've got to keep them safe. Because I mean, if you start putting them in, in all these matches, you plug them in every which kind of way with all kinds of players, he's going to get burned out, and the crowd's going to burn out from him, and we're going to kind of lose interest. And you can't have him with the guy being as young as he is and having such hot, you know, heel moments, and like because he's white hot now as a heel. And you, you can you also can't say have the same thing about out. Darby Allen, though. But look, at, Darby Allen's almost died in the ring. And outside the ring. 
and several times oh, yeah. in between. Oh, like well. I'm just saying, there's like there's a whole conundrum yeah. of it of like you know you can't give you can't be saying okay well this is the future of the company and then but that, like but yeah but that also sticks to but you got to remember though that also sticks to Darby Allen's character MJF's not the risk taker he's not the big throw my life on the line guy Darby Allen and that's actually that's his that, whole thing that was you something put, that was you noticed go- in the match like they said he's they he tried doing like a top rope moonsault or something and he uh, he didn't botch it but he. Uh, he missed it, and they're like, he doesn't do that. Like, he's clearly like going out all out to kind of put this, put this, like, finish this up. Like, it, I don't know. I thought that was a little, a neat little moment to think like someone's gonna go outside of their regular style of wrestling to to really clinch a clinch a match, so to speak. But I mean, with a career on the line, potentially in a match like this, when they're really building it to that career-ending moment, you you gotta put yeah, it all I out see on what the you line. Mean there. Yeah, it was, it was even the parallels to what the last match they had between the fact that he hit Chris Jericho with Floyd, the bat, and then he did the um, juice mm. effect on him. Same way that like Jericho could have won that last match if he were if would have done it. So it was nice to see MJF actually do that and show that like that wouldn't have won. The it. question becomes now though, where do either of them go from here? Really, like where do you think the stories are gonna go from? Like the story's done. Like it's been a, it's it was a year long story going on between the inner circle and the pinnacle. What happens now? What do we think? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I, I think uh, between the inner circle and the pineapple, I think uh, I think they all got to take a step away from it all pineapple. for a little bit. I mean, we've, we've seen FTR kind of walk away yeah. for a little bit. They've kind of done their, their bit with um, Santana and Ortiz. I think the only ones who could really come out of this and maybe do a little more would probably be Wardlow and uh, Hager, but I think we're going to have to wait a little bit longer for them to kind of come back out of pocket only because they, they need some cool down time. I mean, they've been at odds with each other for, um, you know, over a year as you, to what you said earlier, and they, they got to kind of let it breathe, let it kind of take a fair step point, back a little point. bit. I don't know. Do you guys have anything to add to that? Uh, Vince, any, any comments? See, I don't know where I stand. <laughs> I was so sure with my prediction last last week that, like, I thought this would have been the easiest segue for Chris Jericho to be like, okay, I'm done wrestling. I'll be more of a commentator now. But, like, what does this mean? Like, obviously, like, there's nothing wrong. There's no, there's nothing to worry about with MJF. Uh, there, there's tons of potential there going forward, and there's a lot of things you can intertwine with uh, storyline-wise. Uh, but this kind of like threw me for a loop. Like I, I, I really got to build upon this now. Um, uh, what, what can they really do now with Jericho? Like what, what is he going to do? Like, I just, I just got to stay tuned and see what's going to happen. I actually don't know. I, I, I was, I was so sure of my opinion last week. Hey, and that's the thing with wrestling, man. They throw you through a loop, but, uh, you know, ultimately Jericho pulled out on top, uh, in one way or another uh but then we have another big match i think this next. match should have opened the card i'll it, stake with it, that point I, I i don't think it should have opened the card but i definitely think it should have been maybe placed a little somewhere else um and we're gonna get to that when we speak a little bit on the following match to this uh which i know you guys all loved um but this match was the seven year comeback of cm punk Versus Darby Allen, without Sting, at uh, on ringside, 
how did you guys feel about this? Because, I mean, uh, again, I'll kind of lead off with my personal opinion here. I love, uh, love some CM Punk. Diehard fan from, from then till now. Uh, you know, I'll say, you know, it is what it is. You can call me a mark, you know. Uh, but he still had it. He still had it going. They did exactly what I I, I wanted. I They didn't hit with any really big spots. And I think keeping it to the mat, keeping it clean, keeping it back to that old kind of style from what he used to do in his WWE days without kind of going overly flashy, I think that really worked the match. And they kind of let Darby just do what Darby does. And all in all, I thought it... it you know, it went really, really well. And that was probably my, my main worry was that they were going to try and hit some big spot and it was just going to miss. And then, I mean, you've got all that anxiety built up around it and of, you know, a seven-year hiatus to an in-ring debut at a, you know, sold-out show. It's nuts. Um, but, yeah, all in all, floored. I, I, I loved it. It was slow. It had the perfect build. Um, Could have gone either way and I would have been just as happy, but... I think it needed to be Punk taking the win on this one. I think they did the right thing as far as that goes. Yeah, and I got to say, Punk did a lot better than I thought. I was more concerned because he's been out of this world for so long, because he went into a different world with the MMA scene, and he didn't really do so well there. I was more concerned that with all all this build-up to Punk that we were going to be kind of disappointed with the outcome. It was it was definitely a great match. Uh, I loved I loved Darby because uh, he does something. So, and I don't mean to compare this guy in particular. So before anyone roasts me alive, he does something similar. Whereas something like a guy like Dolph Ziggler does, where that guy can sell a hit, and he can sell like just like a slobber knocker of a match. Um, not to say that their characters any what's similar. I, I lean more towards a guy like Darby Allen. But um, yeah, I, I, like there's so much potential for this guy. He's so young, and like even with his character now and what he's doing with Sting, I think that's a great uh, combination there. But all in all, I thought it was very entertaining. Not to really go against Nick with his opinion, but yeah, I don't think it should have been. It, it would have been placed properly at the first, uh, the first match of the night, just because uh, again that lead up to Punk, and this was like. Like the, the the clouds opened up, the, the the sun shined down, and here came Punk. <laughs> like this is what we've been wanting to see. This is the nail in the coffin for uh, WWE, if not the other two nails that followed. But um, yeah, no, solid, solid match. I was very happy so with this one. The reason, yeah, I actually, I, I actually really liked the fact that it started slow because you have like CM Punk, who's what forty two, out of wrestling for seven years, against a guy who's just like all gas consistently just running at you so it was nice to show him like show that like, wily veteran like he knows to slow it down he knows to like take it at his pace and not wrestle at darby's pace and i think that it was a good point because it was able to bring up to that kind of higher pace the fact that like darby hits a suicide dive eventually went for the coffin drop that cm punk literally just stood up, stood up or like sat up for which i loved because it was similar and i texted uh matt yesterday it was similar to what like Samoa Joe does when people dive and he just think, walks away. I think so I think it's long. actually it like <laughs> sorry to cut you off, Scott. I think it's actually that's actually a tongue in cheek to John Cena. So he used to do when he used to work programs with Cena. He'd be like, "I'm just gonna do the the exact the most simple thing you could do to beat all of Cena's moves." So like whenever the five knuckle shuffle, he just stand up and he just go upright and he'd miss the five knuckle shuffle. And now like that's actually a Cena thing. And I'm like, like just from listening to all this stuff about Punk, I'm like that that's cool. But sorry, go continue, please. I'm going to shut up. Oh, 
No, no, he, and that actually, that'll segue into something else I was going to say eventually, too, is he's very student of the game. You could tell that he loves professional wrestling, and I saw something earlier today, clip-wise. We know at the very start of the match when they lock up, and then Darby kind of just, like, throws him down, and you see Punk sitting on the ground, just be like, okay, I get that. Uh, they showed the same thing from, it was one two three kid versus Bret Hart, and he did the exact same thing, same mannerism, like, gets thrown down, you see Bret Hart, like, okay, I get this. So it was like the exact same intro, same start, same everything. And I love the fact that it shows like young up and coming talent versus a guy who solidified himself. And I know CM Punk is a, is a huge mm-hmm. Bret Hart fan too. So it wouldn't be that far off to assume that too. But just the, it's even the reversals, like going on like that Poison Rana into the GTS. Yeah. Just the fact that like, yeah, honestly, the first thing, the only thing that threw me for that match was that just when he came out. Where oh, yeah. That was literally the only thing that I was yeah. like, whoa. That, that, was, that was one thing. Pants. Yeah. 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 The- no, and, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, if you would have gone the pants route, I would have like almost wanted him to wear uh sort of the jeans and like sort of the beat up boots, like the street fight that he had with Jericho oh. in WWE years ago. Yeah. Like he could have just came out as like a full like kind of brawler and kinda and I think that would have been really cool because then we could have seen that sort of that match of energy from Darby, because I mean he comes out in very similar attire. I mean he comes out in like jean booty shorts, but you know, you know, it, it's the same idea. Like, he's got that sort of thrasher look to him. And I think Punk could have definitely vibed off of that. But, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you know, an, an outfit's not going to make or break the guy. No, but the la- last thing I was going to say before I let uh, Nick take over is I agree with Vince, what you were talking about, like the selling that Darby does. Because even after the match, when Sting comes back, they kind of helped him up. And then eventually he didn't want the help. He stood up. Like, he sold that. Like, he got hit by, like, a truck. So it proves yeah. just one how good that finisher of the GTS is, and two how good Darby can sell mm-hmm. throughout the match. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things, sorry, two All things. Right. Yeah. Nick, go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just waiting so, on you to dissect. Like, you guys it. are like constantly fighting me, saying it shouldn't have opened the show. I'm thinking on the Chris Jericho logic. So, um, I'm thinking like, and I, I kind of listened to it, and I kind of understand it. So he mentioned once in an interview, he said like. The most important matches on a pay-per-view are obviously the first match of the show, the third match, the semi-main event, and the main event, which is so, which is a whole other thing. This is the first time Jericho has not semi-main evented, main evented, or opened AEW pay-per-view, which was kind of like mind-blowing to me. Really, it's kind of humbling to see he's kind of moved away from that in a sense. But um, the reason I'm I'm so insistent on that is because there was no, I think. Because of how stacked this card was, bottom to top, you really couldn't like bottom. You couldn't like backload at all because then you kind of decredify all the other good matches on the card. So I think to start off with something like that, it would have just been like, pe- people would watch because they'd say, oh, you know what, I'll just buy it later because I can just you know, Punk's gonna go on later. But if you start off saying no, Punk's opening the show, it's like holy shit, I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna watch it from the beginning to end because it's got at least gonna start with CM Punk, right? So. I don't know. I personally think maybe that could have been the way to go, but I also do understand the reasoning as to why it should have went later. I also understand why it wasn't the true semi-main event because you do need a buffer match. Like this match was incredible. Like I would say the second best match of the night only because of that cage match was which was absolutely astounding. It was a true celebration of styles. I mean, you know, you got Punk who hasn't wrestled in 7 years and, and has been wrestling between when he last, when he he talked about in his promo how he left professional wrestling in 2005, between 2005 and 2014, those nine years, he wasn't he kind of learned to wrestle the WWE style, you know, a slower, more methodical, have your your set of moves, and 
versus, you know, kind of coming up against a guy like Darby Allen, who really kind of had to cut his teeth on the independent scene and just was brought in by chance. He's he truly is like an, the the indie darling. Like he started with nothing and he was sleeping in his car and then months later, I'm you're almost main you're you're hanging out with Sting and you're main eventing these major shows. It it just goes to show like I, I again I love this match. It was absolutely incredible. The finish the finish was perfect. I really had hoped that Punk would have gone on the mic and said, One day you're gonna be you and I are gonna be competing for a title. I know he did he said once he wanted to do something similar to how Eddie Guerrero would do. Um, you know, rest in peace to to the king of Latinos. I'm going to have you two be uh, you two are going to be fighting over something similar to Eddie, and I will talk about that a little bit later. Um, so Eddie, uh, I'll tell you guys a cool story. So Eddie Guerrero, when he got re-signed to WWE, he he said, "I want to still continue the indie, independent dates that I was booked for and honor them." And then I'll, while I'm doing my WWE stuff, he's they said, "Okay, do it." So we got to wrestle a match with um, CM Punk. And it went to a time limit draw. And at this point, uh, Eddie Guerrero was the Intercontinental Champion. This was around 2003, we'll say. Goes to a five, goes to a time limit draw. Eddie says, no, no, I want five more minutes with this kid. He's that good. Eddie wins, pins him with the one, two, three with the splash. He cuts a promo saying, he's like, down the line, you and I are going to be wrestling for this. And he picks up the IC belt. Unfortunately, due to his passing, we never got to see that happen. But... That he said, this is what I want to do. I want to elevate these younger guys, and this is why I was actually half expecting Punk to lose yesterday night because he was, because you know what that ring rust would have come into play. The psychology of the match was, I'm don't, I haven't been in the ring in a match in a big match setting in years. I haven't been. He has. I think his last conventional match was like his last match before. Yesterday was a royal was the Royal Rumble, so he wasn't he hadn't been in a conventional match in maybe a little while longer than that. But still, it's like it's a hard process to kind of reconvene to and reconnect to, and it, that's I think what would have cost him. But we got to see like either way, like either one winning was fine. I don't think Darby loses anything in defeat, and I'm interested to see where this story is going to continue going forward. I said a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up now for a little bit. You guys go. <laughs> No, because even the commentary team at the end, I think at the end of the match, I think that one of them said, I can't remember who it was, maybe Excalibur, was saying pretty much to the point of Darby's going to be that much better now that he's been in the ring with CM Punk. So they kind of hyped it up saying that if he was able to go toe-to-toe and last that long and almost win it, I think he's going to be that much better. So I think they kind of said it without mm-hmm. saying it directly, but it would have been nice, to your point, if they could have hyped him up more. But in what other like what other wrestler at this point could you see going toe-to-toe with CM Punk his first match back, first match back in Chicago, and you have dueling chance. Like it was like a solid, probably forty percent of the crowd cheering for Darby at one point too, which is oh, impressive. Which is just nuts to show the sort of wherewithal and the understanding and the reach that Darby has with the crowd and how they feel about him and how they really built him up as again gonna go back to this because we're gonna have to go back to it a lot a future pillar of the company. I mean they're really building these stars, they're really getting them going. And it's mm-hmm. it's evident. It's very clear to see how well these Agreed. guys are going to do in the Agreed. future. All right, we got to move on because we're 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 crunching time here. It's uh, we got to talk about the main event, and Cr- we got to talk about that finish of this pay per view. Kenny Omega has, and and 
There was one other thing, but we're going to skip over it just for the fans who are listening or where there was the Paul White versus QT Marshall match Ooh. with the factory. <laughs> Paul White won. Moving on to the Kenny main Omega. Event. <laughs> Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. This was a really good match. For the AEW World Championship. We've seen it before. We've seen Christian win. No. Did he do it twice? If you watched the pay-per-view, you'd understand. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. However... Guys, you know what? This match, honestly, like, go. I, I, no, Vince, I'm shutting up. Go, Vince, go for it. Vince, go for it. <laughs> no, all I would really want to say is, we we all know, and whoever's listening to this, you all know what Kenny Omega can do in the ring and how he can sell everything. Even when he slips up, when he's trying to do a backflip, and he still comes right back, and he knows how to sell that well. Um, God, what a performance by Christian Cage. Guys, like not like you both. Well, you guys know my, my opinion on even guys like Edge and Christian, like just the Canadian boys who've been doing it for over twenty years and have been doing it so well. But my God, from a guy who had to retire to due to injury, due to all sorts of things, like I was just so I was almost getting a little emotional of how well he was doing in that match. Um, and just what a matchup between him and Kenny. I think they both like were kind of like drawing energies off of each other, and it, they just made such a freaking performance. My God, uh, I can't say it enough. This like I it's like I almost wish that tag match earlier didn't happen in this in this pay per view, just so I can say like, wow, that was match of the night. Um, I, I was blown away. I was so happy, even though like. I, no one really thought that Christian was going to take it, to be honest. Like, did you really think he was going to be Kenny twice? Absolutely not. Did I think there was going to be interference outside of the ring? I mean, it was bound to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen, but it was bound to happen. Um, I don't know. What, what were you guys taking on, like, Christian's performance, if anything? Because, like, I can talk about Kenny Omega for days. Well, I'm glad that the, that the fans actually got behind this because we do know that this wasn't the planned main event. We, we know that. Like, this, is, this was confirmed by Tony Khan himself. The main event was supposed to be um, – it was supposed to be Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for the world championship. That will most likely be happening at full gear. Potentially. We don't know. It could be happening even further down the line. We don't know. I think this was – I got a lot of shades and it gave me a lot of reminders of Kenny at his prime in New Japan – you know, mainly like stuff like the table spots, like the viciousness, that that excellent psychology. That is where Kenny Omega is truly a master of the game. It's his understanding of psychology. The same th- and the same thing goes with Christian. Christian knows the psychology of of a match. He like this as a guy who's been, who's almost who's almost in his fifties. He knows what he's doing, and he can clearly still go at that level, which is impeccable. In its own self. So I really do think that this, like you said, Vince, if it wasn't for that cage match, this would have been the match of the night because of how good it was. Like, I was just mind blown. I was like this, like I was glued to my, I was glued to my, my eyes were glued to the screen just watching it go about. I'm like, like, holy crap. Like this guy, these guys are going nuts. It's incredible. Like the table spots they were doing, like there was at one point I was really, I was really kind of nervous at the. The second table spot when Edge or oh my God Edge wow I'm mix, I'm mixing people up now Christian speared 
Well, there was plenty enough. I was going to say, yeah, that spear spot through the table where um, I think he might have actually hurt his rib. And because uh, he did gash. You do see there was a guy. Yeah, he cut himself. He, he got a nice cut there. So I'm thinking, oh, Christ, like this is not going to be like. But the moment he hit that on um, the he moment that he hit that uh, on prettier. Uh, he, I know he had the kill switch, whatever it's whatever they they always have like a different name for it. And he couldn't get it. That's when I knew I'm like, this match was done. But that final shot, that avalanche, one-winged angel, and you see the entire crowd go up behind him just standing up. It's like... Oh, yeah. Everyone. Everyone was up. I was up. When (laughs) people say... People would, you know, say, you know... Kenny Kenny even put it into his gimmick. He called himself the god of professional wrestling. He still calls himself the god of professional wrestling. Kenny, by God, Omega... This was where you see he truly is a god of professional wrestling. Like he will go down in history books, books that probably my kids will read and never pick up again, on why he is that good in the ring. Yeah, it's it comes down to everything that you guys have said. It's psychology. It's just his mannerisms. It's everything. Like Even when he messed up on that backflip spot on the railing, he even turns to the camera being like, oh, I meant to do that, and then does something even harder by jumping up and then doing a backflip off of that. Uh, just that smarmy, cocky heel. Uh, like, the table spot like he did in New Japan. Like, he, a lot of his, like, his V-triggers. Like, for a guy who was out for seven years because of concussion-related, like, issues, those looked yeah. rough. All of those shots that Christian was taking. Even the fact that he took, a one like, an avalanche one-winged wing, angel. And then, kind of talking to what you guys were saying before, the fact that Christian was out for seven years. And, yeah, sure, he's been in the company for... I don't know how many months at this point, but like, it's a it's incredibly how good he is at not over performing just against a guy like Kenny Omega, but against anybody else. It really goes to show you how good Christian Cage is, and it makes sense why at least he's the Impact Champion. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to give him some credit, and I think a lot of people like I know when he first came out, a lot of people kind of dismissed him, being like, "Oh, that's cool, but it's just Christian. Who really cares? It's not who he wanted." But oh, yeah. he, I think he's no, just he's t- definitely been holding his own. Yeah, I think he's just proving time and time again with every single performance just how good he is. And then when you talk about Kenny, it's just that's another yeah. level. That's like a guy that like you can you can assume, and we've made our assumptions. And I know even last week I said, uh, Matt, I'm in the boat with you, thinking that Hangman's gonna be the one to take the title off him. But like when you think of it critically, it's so hard to think of anybody that can actually beat him for a championship just because of how good and how crispy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna it's back to the uh, the Lucha Bros logic, and we're gonna it's gonna be a tough call on who's gonna really move the title off him. But in terms of new people in the mix we're running a little short on time here but we can definitely hop to it really quick two guys showed up that i don't think any of us saw uh, coming at all we all knew it was gonna the the eventuality of them moving over it was gonna happen but the same night so i don't I think we nobody could have saw actually. that nobody knew that was that. happening no, I you didn't know that I was did happening no andrew zarian he confirmed it he said adam cole will be joining AEW. Originally Daniel Brian Danielson, he was supposed to make his debut at Arthur Ashe in a few in a few weeks at the uh the Grand Slam Dynamite show. However, because of COVID, they had the uh there've been a lot of mandates and uh, precautions going forward, so they don't know if they might be going back to Daly's place full time. So as a preca- so again, as a precautionary measure, they had to bring it up. They're like, "Yeah, Daniel, you're debuting tonight. Like it's happening." So Adam Cole, they've talked to him. He said it, that was like a happy accident. He thought he, he's like, I even thought I was going to be in WWE for at least another six months, but he knew where he wanted to go. And luckily, 
his deal ended. He got to finish his story with Kyle O'Reilly. And uh, we got Adam Cole Bebe, who has, I think, one of the best entrance musics I've ever heard. If you guys haven't heard it, check out his music on AEW Music on YouTube. It's stupid amazing. I'm not happy about Daniel Bryan's music. It should have been the final countdown by Europe. If you guys do not, you should check out the Boys and Belt Show's ins- our Instagram at the Boys and Belt Show. I, it was playing on CHFI, and I was like, man, frig, they, they're just speaking my language. Like, we should have had him come out to the final countdown. That would have been, like, the biggest pop. But that's, like, literally my one gripe about the show. But you're right. We got to see that. So- Like, okay, uh, when, when it comes to someone's contract ending and, like, the potential of where they are going, I like to keep myself so out of the loop because I want to genuinely have that shock value. Uh, when it came to Adam Cole, like, I kind of more or less knew, but I had no idea it was going to be that soon. So I, uh, how I said earlier, I, I caught half the show afterwards. I was watching with a group of people and... When he came out, I was at okay. I was at my buddy's apartment, and I swear to God, I thought he was gonna get a noise complaint. I was <laughs> screaming, screaming. I I literally picked up one of my friends. He was off the ground, and I threw oh him on the couch. God. I was like, "You gotta be freaking kidding me! This is out of this world." But we all were on the same page when we thought when we saw Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, whatever. When we saw him come out, we were like, mm, this might have been misplaced. They probably should have, shouldn't have done both in one night because it's like, oh, yeah, it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's like you, you see these two guys come out. Wow, what a show. But like mm, they could have had a little bit more of a pop if they isolated each one. But regardless, how I said earlier that these were the nails in WWE's coffin. I am so checked out of that company. I don't care what like i even went to reddit and i saw people like oh well you know what vince mcmahon's gonna do now he's gonna put the belt on goldberg because that's what people want to see no <laughs> no hey, one you know wants what? to see that i and, and, and i'm with you there vince i mean i've been plugging it to the girlfriend for several weeks now i'm like with all these moves going sideways I, i've got two more two more guys left to hold on to within the wwe and if either one of them leave who, I'm done with who, them. Could you imagine AJ Styles is like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to AEW. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, that's and you you hit the nail on the head with that one. If if Finn Balor or AJ Styles ends up being released, or if they leave WWE at this point, I think I'm, Finn I'm Balor finished actually, with the company. He, like, he said up. that recently I'm, in an interview. He's like, originally, like back in 2016 when I was on the main roster, yeah, I just wanted to please people. Now I couldn't give a shit. Like I couldn't even care if I got fired tomorrow. He like straight up said that in an interview. He won't leave that company until he wins the Universal Again. title. Straight up, he will not leave that company until he wins a see, major title. now he's got such a big following behind him. I wouldn't be surprised if we get to see Prince Devitt. Even if he doesn't go to AEW, if he goes to New Japan, he would have the back to be like, yeah, like he can go anywhere. That's the big. That's the best thing about going to WWE. You increase your stock, and then you're like, see ya, peace, and he just they leave, and then they become like huge stars on their own, like. One thing I kind of picked up at. Yeah. Sorry. Go then, ahead. Uh, no, no. I, I like this is just really my final point on it, but it, it just goes to the whole stupidity of WWE. You know how like they want to fight against uh, AEW and like, oh, we're gonna give the fans what they want, so let's just let Becky Lynch come back and take the belt off of uh, uh, Bianca Belair, Belair, which is stupid <laughs> because she's an amazing talent, and you just made her drop the title like that. Are you dumb? 
Like, Becky Lynch is awesome. Yeah, great. You should have done it way better. Don't make her come back, win the title in, like, I don't even know how many seconds it was. It's like, that's what you're going to use to compete against the whole punk thing? Like, you guys are dumb. What are you <laughs> I, doing? So, I think, like, one one thing works for them in the past, and they just try to recycle yeah. it over and over again. Like, you had, what was it? Daniel Bryan losing World to Sheamus, like yeah. at the at WrestleMania in like what eighteen seconds, and all of a sudden he becomes a big thing. I think they're just assuming that like, hey, this happened to one person, this can happen again. But I think with just like Adam Cole and Brian Danielson coming in, I know like especially with the fact that when they were on the mic and they said like everyone's either like somewhere else, <laughs> or like dead. retired or dead, and as soon as they said dead, I popped immediately. I stood up. I'm like, I know who this is, and he comes out the. Uh, the heel entrance too, so I knew he was gonna like. Did join you do you watch Be the, being the elite Scott? Yes, I loved it. I oh watched it even god. today. I, I watched <laughs> a little bit of it today. Like I was like, oh my god, they're gonna do, like. I was actually half expecting they're gonna pull that into a storyline and be like, yeah, like we we killed him. And it's like, how do you even like do that on TV? Because like that was a whole thing where like I know in one episode of BTE, like Britt Baker's like, so we're not gonna talk about this, huh? And they're like, what are you talking to? Like. You kill my boyfriend just as about she's about to say Adam Cole like the whole thing goes B T E D D Elite. It was like <laughs> oh this is perfect. This was like again like I love this show top to bottom. Like we're all in agreement this was like the best AEW pay per view, like in its entire yeah. in its in the company's history, including All In. I I count All In as 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 AEW stuff. Okay, now that we're in agreement, I think we can wrap this up. Next week on the show, we will begin our Boys and Belts series of competitions between Matt and Vince. Those two are going to be competing every week, well, most weeks, when we're not reviewing pay-per-views and predicting them. And they're going to be starting with their clash on who they think is the greatest Latino wrestler of all time. Their only rule is neither of them can choose Eddie Guerrero. This week for Crank Call, we want to ask you a very important question. This was one more from my heart. Should Daniel Bryan have come out to the final countdown by Europe, or is this remix of Flight of the Valkyries more perfect? Let us know by heading to anchor.fm slash Show and click on the message button on the top. Remember to follow us on our social medias, <clears throat> the Boys and Belt, at the Boys and Belt Show on Instagram, at Boys Belts on Twitter, and check out our Facebook page, the Boys and Belt Show, our YouTube page, also called the Boys and Belt Show, and our website, podpage.com slash Show. There's a lot of, I'm saying this like, seven times fast let us know what you thought of the show leave a like a dislike a rating a comment something interesting to make us say hey let's get better or if you have any in-depth feedback hit us up at the boys and belt show at gmail.com for all inquiries business or otherwise remember to listen to us on all places you can stream a podcast you can listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music iHeartRadio, stitcher podbean audible etc 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 there's so many ways you guys can listen to our show thank you all for listening we'll be back next week i'll be back next week scott will probably be back next week Matt and Vince are going to be back next week because these two guys got to fight and I need to see it happen or else I'm going to be upset. Take care. Be safe. Have a nice freaking day.